0: Hello, and welcome to uh, Casting Nets, a real-life podcast uh, about real life and living faith. Um, this is the first podcast that we are trying to do it live on the same time on Facebook. Um, we'll, maybe we'll look into streaming on on YouTube or, or, or uh, in other areas, but for now, it is just uh, myself, uh, Pastor Dave Rudat, and Will Harley.
1: Yeah, we're back. So... This is new there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of buttons that have to be pressed and a lot of uh things that are flashing across the screen so if in the conversation um Pastor Rudot all of a sudden goes completely silent, it's probably because he's he's been hypnotized by all the movement that's going on on the on the screen in front of him.
0: Sure, right. <laughs> we really need like a broadcast engineer, but then then it would almost seem like we, we should pay
1: a, him what they get paid what We, we get pay paid. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> If we have a broadcast engineer, then we'd actually be professional, and I, I'm just—I just can't do that.
1: But then he should also, or she should, join in on the conversation. So
0: yeah, then, then, then it will kind of defeat the purpose of having a broadcast engineer.
1: N- yeah, and then they just become a guest.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so today, where we are fulfilling a promise that began a long time ago—two years, two years ago—you and uh, Pastor Winsberger were going through the Book of Daniel, and you thought to yourselves. After Daniel, the best book is the book of Revelation. Once Daniel's all fresh in your mind, because then you can see how Daniel wrote and John write, and and they're so very much similar in style and their genre that it uh, it helps to have both of those back. And, uh,
1: so go back and listen to Daniel before you listen to this one. If, yeah, if you unless you're listening to it live, right? And then after you're done, go back and listen to Daniel. Daniel.
0: So, I am here with the always, oh, I already introduced you, the always insightful and inciting, uh, Will Harley, inciting and now people. see how handsome I am. <laughs> inciting people to hear more about Jesus. Um, and that's- you Put me in
1: a dark room, I'm the best looking man. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, the book that we have today that we're looking at, oh, the book of Revelation, I mentioned that already. See here, I got a scatterbrain trying to do two or three things at once, I can't do it.
1: What we probably should do is the disclaimer, and the disclaimer is now that this is live, it is definitely possible we will say things that will maybe possibly offend or which we don't intend to offend, or we'll say things that weren't really thought out because this is a conversation. So as you are listening, please listen with that little bit of uh, understanding that we are just rambling, two pastors talking, having a conversation, beginning this conversation on um – um things that we live with and, and the faith that we have that God has provided to us. And so uh, join the conversation. You can email us, castingnetspod Pod. at gmail.com. Yep. You can contact us through our Facebook page. If you're listening or looking at it live, you can already put live comments on. And uh, Pastor Rudot will try to comment. To you, or we'll make comment about it at the live show. Um, and then also you can, uh, reach us at our congregations. We are, we are usually there on Sunday, um, in the morning. And, uh, at we at what love time, it. Will Harley? Well, my congregation worships at nine. I, I think yours is the nine same. Nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine o'clock. And, and do you still have outdoor worship?
0: Yeah. If you are, um, have mobility issues or if you're a little, you got coughing and you don't want to be coughing in front of church or, uh, you aren't feeling the greatest. You can still worship outside. Just come and park and the, you can go to our website, website, new website, emmanuelshirley.com. We'll give you all kinds of instructions and, and, uh, someone will come out to you. Um, all, we also do communion for those who are worshiping in their cars as well. We so. do
1: communion as well. Yep. Yeah. For, for those who are inside. <laughs>
0: inside. We do that as well. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say <laughs> one is more than the other. So anyway, you can meet us in person, uh, email us. You can go to Facebook, like you mentioned. Uh, you can talk to us in person, which is probably ideal because we want this to be the continuing of a conversation, not the end. And also, if you like what we, what you're hearing or what you're seeing, give us a nice review because that helps the algorithms and help other people. If you want other people to listen to us, uh, please don't keep us all to yourselves, but, uh, share that with somebody else. We want this to be a continuing of a conversation not the end of a conversation.
1: Yeah. And I think just our final note, which we have never noted before, this is all free to you. So, um, you know, just like grace, someone had to pay for it, but you don't. So that is a wonderful thing.
0: Yes. And any uh, comments as you're watching the show as well, we, we welcome that at something that we could do better or something that you really appreciate that we do. So without further ado, let's have the music and go right into our topic.
1: So the um, Book of Revelation is one of those interesting books in the Bible for people who like picture books.
0: Right. And sometimes when people are thinking about the Book of, of Revelation, they think of you know, the term that usually closely associated with it, it, which is apocalypse. And they, they say to themselves, I don't know what apocalypse means. And I'm here to tell you, dear listener, dear, dear watcher, apocalypse, it's not the end of the world. Well, you we knew it was coming. So. Yeah, it wasn't in the introduction. <laughs> Here it is. The the, the word a- apocalypse has that misnomer of thinking that this is about the, the end of the world. It's not really about the end of the world. It means about a revelation, a revealing of uh, God's truth to God's people through the Apostle John.
1: So we would say that the book of, uh, of Revelation is really eschatological is the, the the official term for it not apocalyptic um but it's it's dealing with final things um that's what really that uh es- eschatological word means it's to deal with the final things of life um and but so, the title of
0: the book which is the, revelation which right. is where okay. we get the word apocalypse from or where people get the misnomer that it's eschatological book where that's not What the title apocalypse means.
1: Well, and really it's a, it's a, it's a revelation. It is something that God has given to John, um, for him to see and then for him to then write for us so that we also can see it. Um, so it is a, it is a, it is a book of pictures. So it is a picture book. Um, and it is split up into, into visions or into, um, uh, episodes, episodes and, and, and really what it is. So, Probably as a, as a brief introduction, just to give us an idea of where we're going and how we're going to be taking this a, as we go forward is it's going to be a lot of coming back and then rewinding and then coming back and rewind and, and then going forward. And just in the sense that, that each time we have this, this, um, uh, there's seven of them, seven different segments. We're going back and looking at it. Uh, the same occurrence from a different angle, so one of the best ways that I use to explain the the book of revelation is you're you 're looking at a diamond and and it 's one diamond, but you 're looking at it from the the different facets you know just like when um you proposed to your your wife and you you gave her that diamond ring right and she held it under the light and she moves her hand and it sparkles that's kind of the book of revelation where where we just come back and we're going to look at this wonderful vision from a different perspective uh, and and it's the same vision it's it's not as if we all of a sudden you know blasted to a different time no we're dealing with the same time frame as the last but we're dealing it from a different angle, looking at it as the light shines on a different facet.
0: Yeah, um, that's an excellent way of explaining it. Um, as we are going through this uh, Bible connections on the book of Revelation, there are three goals that we want to um, lay out for you. And the first one is that we want you to understand the message of Revelation. We want to under- want you to understand the, the main point of it. You can oftentimes get lost in the weeds in the book of Revelation. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up. Uh, so we want you to understand the, the basic message and be able to be, be able to recall that as you are uh, talking with your friends and neighbors about um, biblical things. Secondly, we want to, you to understand what is happening in the world around you. Uh, this is, the book of Revelation really does help us have a good perspective, a good, good world view on what are we seeing around the world, why are these things happening. We don't have the specific whys, but we can see the general, oh, this is all stuff that uh, it's here in the Bible. Here, here it is. This, this, um, bad thing happened. Wars might be an example of that. Where you would say, okay, I'm seeing these things in the world around me. Now I can, I, I see that the Lord has also talked to me and prepared me and prepared God's people for these things around me, uh, with the end goal of not being afraid of what's going on in the world around you, but also, but giving you Hope and uh, confidence, and that would be the three goal. The third goal would, be, which would be to give you hope and confidence as you're looking at a world that is crazy, that is on fire.
1: Well, and I, I, you know, I, I think the Book of Revelation and and going back two years, the Book of Daniel, um, all play a really important role in in the way that we talk with other Christians, and and I'm not just going to say in the way that we talk with the world around us. Um, pretty much the world around us could care less about. The book of Revelation. But you're going to find <clears throat> that um, when you have a conversation with uh, Christians who are from other denominations, or, and I would even say, uh, other Lutherans who have fallen into the trap of some of the writings of other denominations. Um, they're going to look at this book of Revelation and they're going to say, this is, this is, instead of being a diamond with multiple prisms that we're looking at, um, what we're looking at is the path of how this is all going to come to an end. And, and they're going to start pounding out, um, and, and putting out their, you know, millennial theory. And there's this time when Christ is going to come back and it's going to be a perfect peace. And then the world's going to, and all this different stuff that you're going to, you're going to get, um, which is, is really their main focus. In fact, when you talk with some, sometimes, most of the time, when you when you talk with um, non-denominational people, people who are, which I would maybe say are more on the fringe of Christianity, which are more than, more of those than there are people who are staunch Christians, they're going to be, well, what's your take on Revelation? And And that's usually like they, they're like oh i believe in jesus but what's your take on revelation it's like let's go right to the right to the end and take one of the most difficult books in all of scripture um and discuss that it 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 strikes me as as you know kind of a misnomer it's like why i mean you 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 want to know so much of the hidden things that you go to the very book that that you don't you don't have a good basis or grounding on anything and now you want the answers to something you are never going to understand.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Why do we say that it is seven different episodes? Um, and that I think for me, that's like the, the biggest worldview difference between um, biblical scholars or Lutheran scholars and the rest is the looking at, uh, these seven different episodes versus one big long timeline and. The thing that you'll find as you're looking at all of these visions is that at the end of it, there's usually some sort of victory scene, where either it's a, a victory over the devil and his angels, or there's the God's people finally delivered from everything. There's a picture of the throne and and all of those and all of those. If there's if it is a timeline, you'd have seven different events where Jesus wins at the end. And I think what John is 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 using that as a bookend to help us to see. That these are seven different episodes, and then now, right after you hear this big event, this big victory parade, now we're going to rewind and we're going to have that episode uh, episode again, but now this time with a different focus.
1: Well, <clears throat> and that big victory usually centers around a catastrophe, right? You, you, you go through this entire every vision you're going through, and you're like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like we're going to lose. It looks like God's people are done with. And all of a sudden, from the 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 uh, the jaws of defeat. Um, the savior wins, <laughs> and and that is, and and I can't take credit for the term eucatastrophe. That is, that was coined by um, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, um, who who looked at the life of Christ. He looked at the crucifixion of Christ, and he looked at the final victory of the Lord uh, ultimately at the end of all time. And he said, um, even in the stages of 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 what looks to be the worst, we have the best that comes out of it. And so he coined that phrase, which is, is, and, and interestingly enough, it's in every single story, a good story, right? Every single good story has, uh, has, as you progress, it, all of a sudden you have the main character look like he's going to lose. Well, he, he doesn't lose. He all of a sudden is, is able to rally and pull it all together. Um, and that, that's, that's one of these things we see in the book of Revelation, like you said so, so beautifully that, that seven times we get to come back and see, how did Jesus win? And seven times, what did he do for his people? Seven times we get to see, um, and take the confidence and hope that God is victorious <clears throat> and, and rightfully so victorious, um, because of what he has done for people, um, and for his creation. So before we, we, I, I mean, there's tons of stuff we can talk about, um, when it comes to the book of Revelation, but we probably want to give some just very, very basic, uh, instructions. And probably the first that I would, I would mention is that, if you are reading and and hopefully you will read along in the pages of Revelation with us and you will you will read it and 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 kind of struggle with us as we we go through it. But remember that that if the rest of the Bible has not spoken about it, if the rest of the Bible has not given say, uh, like uh, um, taught this if you're thinking separate and you're like, "Well, oh, I've never read this anywhere else in the Bible. I've never but this is what it's saying." You're probably wrong. <laughs> Um, and, and, and there's a, there's a biblical and, uh, way of approaching the text, uh, that God gives to us, and that is the, the Bible interprets itself. Scripture interprets itself. And if the scriptures interpret itself, um, that means that, that if nowhere else has God ever talked about whatever you're thinking, he's probably not talking about it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, I, that's the one thing I really appreciate about uh, being in God's Word every week, and and to be uh in, be a pastor is is just seeing all the different connections that you see in God's Word. Like we were going through the Psalms this summer, and it's like, oh, it's almost as if it, you don't know, of course, but it, it's almost as if Paul is reading through the Psalms in his devotion life because a lot of the themes that you pick up in Psalms is what. Paul talks about so Psalms is going to talk about it in a poetic way. Paul is just going to directly say you know, this, 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 and that, and then the other thing. So I really um, do appreciate uh, your, the first point that you make, and that's a, a very important point. So if you're going to find something in Revelation, you had better find it in Jesus in His words to His disciples about the end of the world or you better had better find it somewhere else in scripture or in Daniel, Re- or, in Daniel. Or, or well or, you know. Daniel and Revelation might be a circular reasoning kind of thing
1: Well but I'm but I mean different pictures but talking about the, <clears throat> many of the same events um I mean you you I think the 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 main point of it all is is that um you're not going to find any new ideas in the book of Revelation um as God wraps up the scriptures and the canon and he says, this is, this is the final book of, of all the books that I've given to my people for their well-being and, and, and for their growth and faith. Um, I'm not going to add something that I've never talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is going to be for you. And, and I think that maybe brings up a, another, um, topic for us to maybe to flush out as a rule. So not only does the, the scriptures interpret itself, but, but the scriptures are clear. Right? They, they, they're, they're very, it, the Bible, the Bible always makes sure that the things that you need to know are, are portrayed in a very simple way and 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 so that you you i mean it smacks you upside the head. Now does that mean that you don't get a, an opportunity to sort of get your hands dirty and dig inside of the word? Of course not. Because there's all sorts of foreshadowing and all sorts of of um easter eggs within the God's word where you're like, "Oh man, that makes you think or it makes me think or it connects loosely to this or the same word is used here and and this is the kind of thought that you'd bring up. But those easter eggs are just the fun things that we get to engage in and say, look at the depths of the scriptures when it comes down to the, the, the actual hardcore um, what do I'm going, what am I going to take away for my faith? God makes that very, very clear and very easy to find.
0: Yes. Um, and we liken this to the picture and I guess I can I don't have a good picture of it, but I'll show it to you via the camera. But it's a, it's a common picture of a man who is sitting there uh, praying with his, maybe it's familiar to you. I'm going to just show it to you now. Let's see here. Oh, whoops. There we go. The guy praying there. Maybe you've had that in your, in your house somewhere. Maybe you've got the uh, compliment to it where the wife is praying and her Bible is actually open. Yes. Yeah,
1: so that was my comment when, cause we were discussing this picture and we're like, you know, these are really good pictures. And I said, yes. And it's, it's very telling that the woman has the Bible open looking for God's instruction and the man has his glasses taken off and the Bible pushed off to the side. Cause he has it committed to memory. I think he's just hungry.
0: <laughs> Let's get to it, right? Well, in in, in that picture, you you you—it's communicating something to you: the importance of of prayer and giving thanks for what's in front of you, even if it's just a loaf of bread and a bowl of soup. But uh, looking at that picture, that's the message that's being communicated. That's the clear message. Now you could get, uh, lost in the weeds if you look at that and say, What well, what does the knife signify? What is the fact that the bread is before the soup and before the Bible? What, what, what are, what are all, what are all those symbols means? And, uh, and a Christian can get distracted by all of the details of the picture, but all of those details need to be there for the picture to send the message, but get the message. That's the important part, not well, uh, focus on the details. And
1: isn't, isn't that really the, When you deal with the philosophical term of aesthetics, which
0: is the, the idea of beauty,
1: um, it's the reality that beauty exists. And what is, what is beauty? Beauty is, is not just what my preference is, but it is everything put together to tell of the essence of something and that's really what this picture is and and you, you painted it really well all these little pieces have to come together for you to understand what the point of it is so so we understand this in a in a in a vague way um visually when we watch a movie right you watch a movie and and um you sit back, you watch a movie and you're like, all these things are happening in the background. You have, you have people who are in the background walking on the street and you have people who, you, they're, they're having a conversation, they're buying coffee and they're, they're the background people. And you're like, why do you need the background people? Well, because it wouldn't really make the movie if you only had the main characters on the street and they were empty. <laughs> You, I mean, it wouldn't look like life. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't portray. This is happening in and around living, mm-hmm. and and so you have to have some of those background things that come in. And the Book of Revelation does that as well. So it, it adds flavor, right? And says, okay, this is this is what life is. This is what's going on in life. This is this is what's happening around the main point of what's happening. Um, and and then the Lord pulls back the curtain and he shows you what's really going on. Um, but it's all to, 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 to come and make this picture of what's the main point. The main point is evil exists, bad things are going to happen, my people are going to suffer, but I win.
0: Yeah, and there are seven different truths that we can pull away from the book um, and all of these different uh, things, and we'll talk about that as we go through the book. So this is kind of our introductory uh, podcast on the book of Revelation, and we're also going to be looking at chapter 1. Um the and the time frame of the book is is our next subject that we want to talk about, and that is in Revelation two verse one. And now here we're gonna get fancy. One verse one. One verse one. We're going to get fancy and we're gonna move to Oh, I thought it was gonna move to.
1: Man. Man. If only we knew how to use this machine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) We're looking at this is the EHV translation and we're gonna read it out loud. And the the question is, you know, what is the time frame of this book? What is this what is this book written for? And we say, verse 1, the revelation from Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Christ expressed this revelation by means of symbols sent through his angel to his servant, John.
1: Yeah, I think the takeaway there, just to begin, when you, when you look at that verse is, is and, and if you have your Bible open, circle it, underline it, um, however you want to uh, set it apart, but but to say, um, by means of symbols. Um, that, that right there should be going into the book of Revelation. It should be like the, the, the red flag, the warning, the caution. Don't take this literally. These are symbols. These are I, uh, picture language to try to prove a point. <laughs> right? Um, this is not, this is not, um, there's a dragon coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the behemoth from the coming. yeah and the behemoths from the water the beasts are go- okay stop <laughs> this is you know um this is these are symbols these are pictures um, but we're gonna get some okay. of the most beautiful pictures of of the church yeah. from the book of Revelation
0: and of Jesus if, if let's be honest yeah a lot of our artwork gets its it's, uh, you get the lamb,
1: lamb with the, the, the bleeding.
0: Yeah. We've got that picture actually here at Emmanuel where we've got a lamb that's sitting there, but then he's uh, carrying the, the, the victory flag. Yeah. Yeah. Or the
1: best one is when you have the lamb bleeding into the chalice. Cause then you've got, you've got the sacrament, right? You have the picture of the sacrament there, but right. the, you get these beautiful pictures. Um, the lamb stands. I mean, you, you think about, um, you you walk into church and 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 just take a minute. Walk into church and you look up in front and you're like, why are there candles there? Yeah. Um. Well, here you go. Book of Revelation. You, you get the candles. The, the 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 gathering of God's people. Um. As the the Savior is among them. Um. And the lampstands are reflections of His church. Right? And um, they're the lights in the world. Um, you have these beautiful images that carry on into our church architecture on uh, that come from these symbols. But let's, let's talk about that beginning. Time
0: frame. Yeah, time Sorry. frame. Sorry. Yeah. And, and what soon must take place, people sometimes get thrown off by that, that they would say, well, this is soon must take place from my perspective. Like this is where we were talking about before with the timeline is always linear rather than this is different episodes of the same event, the same sequence of things told in different ways, different aspects different things are focused on each time uh so what what soon must take place is from the time of Christ uh being born to the time of Christ's return. This is the event that uh this is the timeline that John's going to talk about in many different ways in seven different ways. But As we look through the book.
1: I, I think also we, we need to, to, to bring it out just a little bit and say, you know, for um a being who is outside of time, soon is relative. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> 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 I I mean we we look at it and we're like, why doesn't God act soon? Well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> um but but also realize that that you know the the book of Revelation deals heavily with what we would say the church age. Um, so this would be this would be after Christ's ascension to his coming again.
0: Well, it's got its birth as well,
1: R- right? But but that but primarily when we're when we're looking at this and we're saying it's going to happen soon, we're right. in this age, yes. Okay. And and if you think about that, so let, let's let's just put it into perspective again. Jesus promised he would come at the creation after we fell into sin. Seven thousand years later. <laughs> um some say with ten thousand years later, um, and that's being on the conservative side, um, which I'm 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 more of an agreement with. He finally comes. Put it in a perspective, right? Yeah. I mean I mean soon we're we're two thousand years after the birth of Christ. Um We're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> we we have always w- be
0: prepared for his return, right? But also, make, it could be a long week. Yeah,
1: yeah. Quit being like Eve and saying, "This is the man, <laughs>
0: the Lord. <laughs> I want him now."
1: <laughs> um, when, when the birth of Cain, <laughs> with, yeah. with the birth of Cain, and 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 realize, no, nope, yeah, we're we're going to have to wait a little bit.
0: So, before we dive into the rest of the chapter one, I think we're going to try to do chapter one today. Is we need to have a conversation about numbers, and there are four. I think four numbers that would help us understand all of the other numbers that are getting in the, given in the book of Revelation. But first of all, the problem with the numbers of the book in the book of Revelation is that there is no we we just got done saying the Bible is clear, the Bible is uh, specific, it tells us what we need to know. But a lot of times with the numbers, it was kind of a we have to get these by correlation. It's not like Jesus saying 7 represents this and 10 represents that. But we see how these numbers are used in the book of Revelation, we see wh- what it's grouped with and we say, I think that's what it means.
1: So, I, this is, so we're using a book. Um, I don't have the book with me, but it's, it's floating around here somewhere. Um, and, and it's seven, it's called, uh, seven, What is it seven visions? He's got it. There it is. Seven visions, seven truths. So we're using this book as sort of like the backbone of our study. Um, but this is where I'm going to, um, respectfully, not agree with his approach to numerology. Um, And the reason for that is, is because just like we said in the very first part of this book, there's nothing in the book of revelation that is introduced. That is new. Numerology is not new to the book of revelation. Numerology is throughout the entirety of scripture. God uses certain um, numbers to describe certain things. And, and so he, the, 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 the numbers and the and the equation of what each number means that he places to them in revelation do not play out in the same way throughout the rest of scripture, so I think he's wrong in in his explanation of some of the numbers in in his his case, so like in the case of uh and I'm just going to throw this out as an example, and then we can go through the rest and we can and i you can give yours and I <laughs> uh, <laughs> right
0: <laughs> this is the part where it's the conversation right uh, and I'm because. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the, uh, right, the Bible doesn't clearly say right. this number means this. It just is, is, and, and this is, in a sense, this is us looking at the knife as well.
1: Right. And, right. and, and in this case, in this case, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm trying to practice what I preach and say that the Bible interprets itself. Mm-hmm. And so this is not just a, a one-off looking at Revelation and saying, what does the number mean? I'm looking throughout all the scripture and saying, predominantly when God uses this number, this is what he's referring to. So let's just go to the number ten. All right. So the the number ten he says in the book is the number of completeness. Throughout all of Scripture, it seems the number ten is more equated to the commandments, to to um, more queried uh, to the law as opposed to a completeness. Completeness is seven. God finished. Everything on, on the seventh day. That, that's the idea of completeness, that you have this, this, um, what is, what has been now done. Um, and so he would say that, that seven is the gospel covenant. Well, no, that's, God stepped back and said it's very good. Um, so as you go through, you know, things are, are dealt in seven. This is done. Um, so I would say in those two areas, I, you know, maybe he's approaching it more on saying, I want, the book of Revelation to have these numbers mean this, but when you look at the greater Scripture, you're like, eh, predominantly they kind of have this flavor, you know, the um, four, like just as a case for numerology, and four, I don't think comes up. Well, it does come up actually in, in the book of Revelation, but four is the created world. Um, you have the four beasts, um, and, and it really deals more like with with the created world and and, and the and the four factions of the created things. Um, you have twelve, which I agree with, is number twelve.
0: So you agree with what so i I'm, I'm, it's fine that we can my the uh the idea of the seven you had said if i 'm understanding you correctly you're saying seven is a number of, of something is done complete right? complete yep okay, so then when Isaiah talks about the seven spirits or the holy spirit the, the complete seven fo- gifts the complete gifts of the holy spirit yep. Because you could look at seven in terms of three being the number for God and four being the number for the, for the world and then you put those together and that would be God's covenant for the world. You could. What, and you could, and then you could also go back to Revelation where, uh, go back to Genesis where God has created the world and this is his covenant with that world and and he's going to make it and it's going to keep going.
1: And this is where numerology starts to go down the rabbit hole because numerology goes down the the rabbit hole where we're saying, well, if you take this number and you split this number and it's made up of these numbers, the reality is God doesn't take that number and split that number. What God does is he says three is Trinity. One is God four predominantly is people, uh, the, the, the created world. Ten, predominantly the law. This is this is my law in the world. This is my commandments. Um, seven is the complete number. Twelve are my people, the believers, the church. Um, he does not then say, "Let's split the twelve and see that it's made up of six, which is incomplete, so they must all be from Satan." <laughs> he doesn't do that kind of stuff. Uh, he,
0: that's he, an example of the knife where you're taking it a-
1: right. Because
0: so, I could also see in the number ten where he he advocates that number ten is for completeness. I could say the commandments. You have ten commandments. It's the complete book. So it's it's dear dear listener, if you're looking for clarity and when it comes to numbers, I don't think you're going to find it because you're just going to find different opinions on that.
1: Right. And you could also say that that number ten is split up in three and seven. Three dealing with three laws of the Lord, and then seven dealing with those things that deal with towards man and, and its interaction with each other. So the reality is. When you talk about numer, and this is how I always approach numerology, because I have taught it in Bible study. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always teach numerology in a very simple way, and that is, don't overthink it. <laughs> when the Lord uses a number, he uses a number, and when he keeps using that number, you can get a, a basic understanding of saying, I bet you this is what he's thinking. But realize you might be wrong because you're not God. Yeah. And realize...
0: You might be looking at a knife
1: you might be looking at a knife because it has no bearing on your salvation whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I, I, to be honest, that that's the, the numbers is where everyone likes to focus because right. that's where all the mystery is. Well and, and like, if I can figure this out, if I can put these numbers together, if I can do the math, and this new message, this new revelation is is revealed to us that 's been hidden in plain sight, except until it got to my intelligence and my my wherewithal and and being able to put it all together so that's the that 's the disadvantage of numbers is that it can lead us, like you said, down the rabbit hole into something completely different than what God intended
1: yeah and 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 to say that god doesn 't use numbers to paint a picture. Um, it would be a false thing, but, but like I said, don't get lost with the numbers, but you're going to, you're going to get into a point of scripture where you're going to say, well, there are numbers. Okay. So like the sevenfold gifts of the spirit, you're going to get into the seven lampstands. You're going to get into, um, um, 144,000, right? And you're like, Oh, well, where do these numbers come from? Okay. So yes, you are going to have to deal with numerology. And, and that's why I'm saying keep it basic, keep it simple, go back through the scriptures, recognize 12 tribes of Israel. 12 disciples, you have an idea. These are the, these are, these are the new Testament believers, right? These are the old Testament church. Okay. I got a basis. I can figure this one out. 12 times 12, the totality of God's people from beginning to end. Okay. We move on. That's all it takes. That, 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 that's all it is. Um, the sevenfold gifts. That's every gift. The spirit will give. I'm okay with that. Are there seven? I think there's more. <laughs> Are there seven that are listed? Yes, but but you know the spirit does a lot. <laughs> um, but I know that the spirit gives us everything we need, and and I'm I'm alright with that.
0: So I'm actually kind of intrigued by this going through the revelation because I am I'm I am um, I'm a, I'm a learner. I like to learn things, so it'll be interesting to see how this this number thing plays out. And and this will be something for you, dear listener, to maybe it'll be uh, mind numbing where you're confusing you like w- confused and wanting to know. I want some black and white answers, but you're going to come away with we're not going to give you black and white answers we're going, unless the or Bible clearly, them all. yeah, right. Or answer them all. We'll give you clearly Christ and Christ for you, and that uh, what Christ has done for you. That's clearly in the Book of Revelation. Um, and speaking of which, let's get through to chapter chapter one and read through that together. I'm going to read it out loud. You can see it on the screen as well. I had a really cool number thing going on here where if I push the number, that would go to that screen, so I just have to do this manually. But it'll work out. Okay, so Revelation chapter 1, uh, reading verses. Um, we read verse 1 already, so let's read verses 2 and 3. John spoke as a witness to the word of God and to the testimony about Jesus Christ, that is, to everything he saw. Blessed is the one who reads the words of prophecy and blessed are those who hear and hold the, these things written on it, because the time is near.
1: Yeah, um, I would just highlight in that first verse uh, again. I would, I would say, just notice the word "hold." Um, there's nothing you have to do. <laughs> let's let's just be very, very clear. There, there is no you doing. There is you holding. Um, these are things God is is placing into your hands. Um, so when we approach the book of revelation and we say, well, I don't get it. I, I'm, I can't sort it out. I can't reason it through. You weren't asked to, you were asked to hold it. Um, this, this was just for you to, 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 to have as, as great comfort, not for you to, to work your way through. Um, so I think there, I think, I think he, I think the Lord in his infinite wisdom, as he is, as, as the spirit is leading John, um, in this vision and he's seeing these things, um, the Spirit is very clear as to say there's, there's a limit here, right? There, these, these, are, these are limits on what you are going – these are symbols. You're not going to get them all. This is something for you to hold, not to work your way through and say, i got to figure out how to understand. This is just you need it. I give it.
0: Enjoy it. Let's go. Okay, so let's Sorry. look at verses 4 to 6, the greeting of, of uh, John to his people. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is coming, and from the seven spirits that are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from, from our sins by his own blood and made us to be a kingdom of priests to God his Father, to him be the glory and the power forever, Amen. Greeting.
1: Yeah, what a great greeting, right? Seven churches. Um, so right out of the gate, we have numerology. Um, only seven churches? No, we would say this is to all of God's people, right? This is the 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 complete totality of of all of God's elect.
0: Sure. Uh, it could be God's covenant as well God's covenant to his people here on earth to the to the seven cov- or to the covenantal church covenantal church that got the one the one that God has made a promise to could be yeah
1: again numerology is is a fun topic um uh, but I think let's let's get into the nitty-gritty of what we have you know he begins with with what we have probably highlighted as a a normal approach to um letters right grace to you and peace um, grace, that undeserved love of, of God, uh, the undeserved love seen only in Jesus, um, which brings with it true and lasting peace. Um, and, and so what is, what does John do? He highlights where does this grace come from? Where does this peace come from? And he's, he does it in kind of a flowery way. Um, he says it, it's coming from the seven spirits. Um, maybe linking back, I think, to, to Isaiah. Um, right. Isaiah 11 with the sevenfold gifts. Um, so, so what is John saying? He's saying, Hey, this grace, this peace, it comes from the Spirit of God, right? He's, he's here and he's working. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the Spirit of God is, is bringing us before the throne. And what are we seeing? Whose presence are we in? We're in the presence of Christ, right? Um, we're, we're linked to the blood of Christ.
0: Yeah. Firstborn from the dead firstborn not in terms of time but in terms of importance um obviously before jesus there were people that were raised from the dead but the reason why such as elijah raising raising the widow's son but the the whole idea of elijah raising the widow's son is uh, is is possible because of this is where time gets the timey-wimey uh, aspect of of god is that because jesus rose from the dead so therefore th- there's going to be a resurrection well, the-
1: it it's it's again going back to the simple fact time is relative when when you are outside of it right and and so when our lord looks at this and he says you know so when our lord in the garden after the fall he promises himself adam and eve had faith by the spirit in that promise it it it, it happened mm-hmm. it, it it god promised it it was done um but you'd be like but it didn't happen until thousands of- it was done because God's promise is always yes. It's always, it always happens in Christ. Um, there is something though that I, I, I kind of want to talk about because I think it's important for, for the rest of the book. Um, and that is the focus that, that John places on the people of, uh, that he's writing to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he highlights Christ. He highlights um, the one who is King of Kings. Uh, he is the firstborn, in dealing with the importance. Um, uh, uh, so, in, uh, in, as importance of being firstborn. But then he also goes in from there, and he says, um, "Who freed?" Right. Um, so, so his action towards his people was being was a freeing action in his blood from from sin. But then he says, who made us a kingdom and priests. Um, And I think that is super important because it harkens back to what we're going to find later on, especially in chapter 1, which there is going to be, by my interpretation, and we can talk about it when we get there, um, there's going to be sacramental language of how the church interacts with each other and how during this time we are going to be sharing the gifts that God has given and how are we able to do that? Well, we're able to do that because God has not only made us a kingdom, but he's made all of his believers priests, which means that we are now all called and given this opportunity to share the gifts, which we would call the means of grace, with each other. And and I think that is a very, very important—I mean, Luther, uh, Martin Luther, would say that this is this is one of the most important things that the church has, is the fact that we are able to serve each other. Um, so that so that one person is able to give another person the forgiveness of sins, and one person is able to baptize another um, because they are giving the gifts that God has given them uh, charge over to to administer. Um, we are having an opportunity. Uh, just think about singing a hymn. You're going to come to church on Sunday, and you're going to gather together, and you're all going to sing. You're preaching to the person next to you. Um, as this priest in this body and in this kingdom that God has made. Um, so I think that's a really important highlight that, that John brings out in this. And he says, this is going to be contingent, right? What, what's coming and what, what, what you are going to be able to do. And the reason that you have this hope and comfort is you are something because God made you something
0: in Christ. That is the greeting for uh, the book of Revelation. Now we move on to... I, done? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's it. That's all we need to talk about. <laughs> you
1: gave them so much today.
0: <laughs> now we look into the warning of what uh, is, is to come in verses 7 to 9, uh, 7 to 8, I should say. And let's read that. Look, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, including those who pierced him. And all the nations of the earth will mourn because of him. Yes? Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega," says the Lord God, the One who is and was and who is coming, the Almighty. All right. So, this, where do you want to begin on this? <laughs> coming with the clouds, supernatural uh, event of Christ coming, and that this is something that uh, everyone will see. I'm not going to be. I know. Sometimes uh, this this uh, podcast is also going to be debunking some ideas about the end of the world, where some people have said, well, with our internet age and CNN and all of that, when Jesus comes again, we'll be able to see him on CNN, you know, wherever he is, wherever he comes, because of the World Wide Web and and how television can be all over the world at one time. But that's not what John says. He says, every eye will see him. This is the supernatural return of Christ where everyone's going to see him. You're not going to be able to miss it. If you're down in the basement, you won't miss it. If you are in a cave somewhere, you won't miss it. When Christ comes back again, every eye will see him. It will not be a mistake. It won't be some, one of those things where like, I'm not sure if I'm seeing Christ coming again or if, or if that's something it? else. Right. Yeah. Did I have the wrong kind of mushrooms this morning or is this going to be, you're going to see Christ and there's no mistaking the fact that this is, uh, the, the savior of the world who's coming, uh, to, um, the, the one who was pierced at one time, but now it has been raised from the dead.
1: Yeah. And, and I think just the, the, the wonderful comment that we hear, we, we have the testimony of, um, the spirit speaking through John and saying he is coming. So, so you, you have John relying on the very promise of what he heard as he stood in the ascension. Um, and, and he saw Jesus go up and he heard the angels speak, you know, just as he went up, he's going to come back. So he, he's, he's now parroting that, right? Mm-hmm. Just as he went up, he, it's a promise he's coming back. And then all of a sudden in the middle of his, his rant or in the middle of his proclamation, you have Jesus stepping in and saying, now now let me tell you who I am and why I'm, I'm coming. And he says, I am the alpha and the omega. You know, I'm the beginning and the end. Um, I'm the one who is and was and is going to come. So, so now we have um, not only do we have this, in the vision we and, and as it 's being introduced and unfolded before John and before our eyes, not only do we have John saying, "And I saw and I saw and I saw and i 'm thinking, and I was and I have hope and we have Jesus now taking the stand and saying and i 'm here <laughs> so so I mean you have this beautiful um Picture and we're going to see the reaction, right? John's reaction to Jesus now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on with that. The vision of Christ as he's uh, coming before, uh, uh, John. And it's a beautiful picture in verses uh, nine to 16. So let's read that. I'm having problems with the scrolling of my mouse. Anyway, let's go. Uh, Verse nine. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingship and patient endurance in Jesus, who was on an island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony about Jesus, I was in spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, Write what you see on a scroll and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me When I turned, I saw seven gold lampstands, and among the lampstands was one like a son of man. He was clothed with a robe that reached to his feet, and round his chest he wore a gold sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool or like snow. His eyes were like blazing flames. His feet were like polished bronze being refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar. Of many waters, not not my voice, my voice, his voice was like the roar of many waters. He held seven stars in his right hand, a sharp two-edged sword was coming out of his mouth. His face was shining as the sun shines in all of its brightness. So here we are. We have the appearance of Christ
1: now among his people, among his church. Right, um, the seven lampstands. We're gonna. Ha- well, we're, we're gonna have that coming up what are the seven lampstands what are the seven stars um we're going to we're going to have that explained for us so we know that this is less maybe covenant language and more maybe congregational language these are God's people as he explains it himself um <clears throat> but but the vision of Christ is one that we step back and we're like that's not how i I thought Jesus looked
0: I thought he had brown hair <laughs> and looked like a european but now he's he's got hair he that's white like He was <laughs> Jewish.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that, right. I don't mean that to
0: be I, I, I was being sarcastic as well. He's, he, Jesus obviously was not a European, but it's just the... Uh,
1: but he was for you.
0: <laughs> he was. <laughs> <laughs> um. The the eyes like blazing flames, that, that's uh, something that would not be very appealing to look at. That's like the, a Sith Lord looking at you uh, from Star Wars, and that's not something that we wouldn't normally think of. When he's think
1: aged of, since he's been in heaven. He has white hair now.
0: I'm kidding, he's not <laughs> He's aged since he listened to you talking about him He's like, oh no oh, This just puts the years on <laughs> <laughs> Will's talking again <laughs>
1: uh, his... I thought the ramblings of Moses was bad <laughs>
0: uh, and what, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, his uh, feet uh, being ones that are trampling all of his enemies underfoot, and they're still they're still hot.
1: So, so I guess I would like to talk about um, the two different descriptions of his voice. Mm. Um, so you have you have the first description of his voice that it sounds like um, the 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 running of many waters, um, and then I think we should talk about the the second description of his voice, which is the two, the double edged sword. Um, and I think both of those are wonderful pictures of the power of the word right um so i i don't know what your thoughts are on 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 the two different pictures and why they use two different pictures to describe his voice
0: um i don't have any thoughts or insight on that it just is is nice to hear two different descriptions otherwise you would think it his word is like the sound of rushing waters you think that what Jesus has to say to the world is just, you know, really calming, zen-like stuff. Where the sword reminds us that the word that He proclaims is word that pierces things. Like the writer to the Hebrews says, is that it pierces things that aren't meant to be pierced, such as soul and spirit. What what are those? those it's a synonymous term or joints and marrow. Those are two two different things that are meant are meant to be together, um, and He cuts them apart. So right. the piercing nature of God's word. So I, I like both of those picture because God's word does affect the heart God's word does uh, tell us things we don't want to hear but then it also comforts us with something that
1: uh, well see and and I like yours um mine was more of the sense of you know his his voice is the rushing water you can't you can't ignore it um I don't know if you ever stood next to uh, go visit Niagara Falls you stand next to the falls the rushing water it's loud <laughs> Yeah, I mean you can't you can't say I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, I mean you can feel it in the ground. Um, so I, so the idea uh, to me, the idea of his voice is like the rushing water is is his voice is one you cannot ignore, um, and that brings up to me, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis's approach to the Lord, saying everyone has to come to terms with him. Um, he's either liar, lunatic, or Lord, and it, not necessarily dealing with this. Uh, pr- a specific text but it's the idea of understanding when god speaks you're going to have to cross that river at some point uh-huh. um you're going to have to hear him but i love how you're saying you know that the idea of the double-edged sword um cutting things that weren't meant to be cut and in, in its ability but also the idea of a double-edged sword being a weapon on both sides right not only does it hurt the one who wields it but it also hurts the one he's wielding it against right um the scriptures multiple will use the word of God as a double edged sword to describe the law, the function of the law, where where the law will affect the speaker who's sharing the law as much as it affects the hearer who receives the law, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you have both of those coming in here that that this double edged sword. Um, and and <clears throat> granted, this is not the image inside, but you know the law did play out against Christ.
0: On the cross. On the
1: cross. Um, so it, it did cut him. Um, it, it That's what it did, because he suffered for us. Um, not saying that that is in here. Like I said, yeah. these are laws...
0: Right, we're just looking at the painting and saying, well, this This reminds me of this. Yeah, this it's a really good painting. Is this, is this what the Holy Spirit intended, or is this um, something else? Or am I just looking at a knife? Because um, it doesn't mention blood coming out of the sides of his mouth, so that's where i would be like well it doesn't yes in the book of revelation it does talk about the lamb that was slain so in there in those cases i would say yeah it's in reference to his suffering but i'd have to think more about or or um dwell on this whole idea of the sharp double edged sword hurting him as he is proclaiming it to us well and
1: and i guess i was i was more leaning uh, leaning towards this is the this is this is his word that is the law and and yes the gospel but but you know throughout scripture Again, the double-edged sword um, referencing God's word and its, its, its
0: ability to cut. Um, so, okay. anyway, go on. So, um, let's
1: now get, we get some explanation.
0: Yeah, let's get to the explanation. Let's go to that. So 17 through 20, right? 17 to 20, yep. Yeah. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as like a dead man. He placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive forever and ever. I also hold the keys of death and hell. So write what you have seen, both these things that are and those that will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the messengers of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Uh, we mentioned the lampstands a little bit before, and so whether you're looking at the lampstands in terms of this is God's covenant to his people and this is his people being gathered, or you're thinking about it this is a picture of the complete church, uh, it is interesting to think of lampstands as a picture of the church of God and how throughout the scriptures how the lampstand was a a um, a picture uh, that it was used or that God used lampstands to describe his presence among his people. You go back to the tabernacle. What was some of the th- the articles inside of that tabernacle? It was the lampstands that had to be trimmed every day so that God's people were reminded that uh, he was with them at every point uh, of their day.
1: Well, and also just the reminder of you are the light of the world, right? Um, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Um, so what is the, this beautiful imagery of the church being the light in this world so that their job is to show Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Christ is standing among the church. So where, if I'm looking for Jesus, where would I find him? <laughs> among the church. church. <laughs> who is the light in the world, right? Um, so, I mean, we've said this before numerous times, um, at, at different times, I should say, um, that, that the, the, the church is unique in, in what it brings, um, because you're going to find in church, what the world will never give, um, which is Christ. And so when, when you have people who are wandering and, and, and you have people who in this world are thinking to themselves, well, do I need to go to church? And the answer is, well, you don't need to go to church. But if you want the guarantee of where Jesus will be and where his gifts are going to be, it will be in church. That that's the guarantee that he gives to us. He is among his people. So, so I, I think really you have here that that highlight, which is, and let's face it, this is a comfort to John. He's exiled. He's away from the body of believers, and and he comes and and he's wondering, how are they doing? Are they okay? Is this? What does the Lord do? He says, I am among my people, right? And I'm among the messengers, even when you're not a part of them, John. I'm among my messengers and my message is still going out among them. I'm I'm holding them in my hand and, and I am I'm able to to work through them in these means. Um I think that is a profound statement at the very beginning of the book. I mean he's he's setting the course, right? He's he's plotting it, he's he's getting the sails unfurled and he's saying, Where are we going? We're 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 going to the hope and comfort of my people that I'm still here and I'm still working. And, and it's not all hopeless, although it's going to seem
0: really dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That lampstand picture, the, the contrast between the church being the light and the world being so dark is really that first essential truth that we're talking about in the book of Revelation is that God wants his, his truth, his word to be proclaimed to the world and, and that Jesus is going to be with us. As we do that, uh, he does not leave us alone. But what we have to share with the world is something so so desperately needed because the world is dark and it's sin.
1: Yeah, And and I guess just as a highlight um, to to those people um, who are out there and saying, well, what if I can't make it to church? What if I can't? um, I don't know how many of our listeners are in that boat. But the reality, what does the Lord say? Where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am with them. Um, What is the church? The church is your family gathered around the word. Right? Um, if you are in a place of this, in this nation where you can't get to a physical church where there's the gathering of many believers, open up your Bible with your family and there he is with you. Right? Um, as you are reading the scriptures to your, your children, to your wife, to your husband, however you want to work that out. Um, as you share Jesus, you've get, you got this. Mm-hmm. Jesus is there with you, he's He's with his church um, now are you missing some of the other gifts because those are more of a corporate blessing yeah, uh, and we'll talk about that later on as we go through uh, some of those corporate blessings that are given and how those work in the church because I think they br- they're they brought up in later parts of Revelation but, but be assured God is with you, Christ is with you where two or three are gathered in his name because he promises to be
0: so dear listener, we've introduced the book of Revelation to you. If you have any questions, casting that's pod or you can comment underneath the video, you can uh talk to us in person, Emmanuel and Shirley if you like. What you have what you've heard today, please subscribe. So we're going to be putting this video on YouTube as well as on Facebook and uh subscribe to that on YouTube or subscribe to your podcasting pro program, whatever program you use. He's waving. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm watching you wave from five <laughs> seconds ago. I'm like, Will, you already waved. <laughs> and, and now he's waving again. No, it's just, I'm looking at the wrong screen. So eventually we'll get this worked out. Um, in the meantime, it'll still be an amateur program, but it is always a program about uh, Jesus Christ and Christ for you, about this real life and living faith that we have in Christ who will come again uh, to judge living in the dead and who will come again to rescue us from this world of darkness.